You wouldn't toss me that, would you? You're a girl, huh? No, what I mean, what I mean, no, 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 no. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. What I mean by that is that ladies are typically smarter than guys. We're just a little more rough with things, and we just, that's why more things break in my house when I fix it than my, my wife fixes it. My wife is gentle. She's smart. She reads instructions. I'm like, just toss me the hammer. We'll fix it right now. So that's what I mean. Oh, my, that sounded so bad. The minute I heard the, I heard the booze, I'm like, oh, that does sound bad. I just mean she's really smarter than I am. Ay, ay, ay. Do you know how to turn those on? Do you know how to walk up here, Christine and Eric and... Oh, no, your cue was uh, when I came up. They were being disobedient. So we are going to start a new series starting tonight. Um, this, <laughs> this series is called um, Say What? Um, <laughs> Say What? I can't. Okay, so I was filming the letter from home yesterday, and Caleb Hamilton told me last week or sometime in the last week or so, he said, "When you say it, you got to say, say what?" And so, so I'm doing the letter from home. Br- Brittany's in the room. Rebecca's in the room, and I just go, "We have a new series called Say What?" And they just died laughing. And I'm like, "Okay, I got to keep filming this." And <laughs> And then now I have the office saying that. It's like, oh, so embarrassing. Ay, ay, ay. So we're going to be examining passages of the Bible that are difficult or commonly maybe misunderstood um, or maybe not understood well at all. So we're going to do that. So if you have a passage in mind, some of you have sent me passages, which is wonderful. <laughs> some difficult passages you guys have sent me. But if you have passages... And even if you've sent me one already, um, send me a text or send me an email. You can take a picture of the screen up there. got my numbers if you, if you don't have it already. And um, send me something that uh, you think would be good to go over. And I will not say, hey, tonight we're going to be Matthew chapter 1, thanks to Christine Lopes. I'm, I will not say who sent it in, but, um, but we will look at those passages. So that is... That is the, the purpose, and really the, the, main, the main purpose is so that we have a greater understanding of what our Lord taught, so that our freedom and our joys are not robbed. When I was a young believer, <laughs> when I was a young believer, I remember I read the Sabbath, you know, and I thought, oh, Sunday is the Sabbath, and I was wrong, by the way, and a friend of mine would, after services, would go do yard work, and I remember telling her as a young believer, you shouldn't do that. Basically, you're in sin. And she believed it for a while. I robbed her of a joy. And I know I, I never forgot that, what I, what I did to her for a little bit. She loved flowering. She loved being in the garden. And I took that away for, for a period of time. So being able to read carefully so that our freedoms and our joys are not taken away and that we help others to enjoy the freedoms Christ has given them. So that's the purpose of the series. So send me, send me um, um, passages. And we'll look at them over the next four to six weeks. Tonight, we're going to look at a passage um, in the New Testament, Book of James, chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Uh, verse 
well known by many, uh, but I think there's some things we need to fill in to really understand what's in the verse and understand it well. And um, before we read, uh, who writes who writes it is a man named James. He says, "I'm James. I'm a servant. I'm a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ." And we think it's the brother of Jesus. And James is going to talk. He's going to send this letter out to not just one church, but a variety of churches in an area. He says it's to the 12 scattered tribes, um, 12 scattered tribes in the nations, and referring to God's people, God's people who do not have a homeland. That's us. Do you realize that we are the scattered tribes of Israel, theologically speaking? We are God's people who are waiting for the kingdom to come. And um, so let's read James chapter 1, and we can talk a little bit about it. James chapter 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes in the dispersion or scattered among the nations, greetings, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of any kind, consider it nothing but joy, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its full effect, so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. One of the things James does not say, he doesn't mention what kind of trials here at the beginning. So I think when we read that, we begin to insert trials, right? I wonder what, what kind of trials do you, ins- when you think of trials, what do you think of? School's a trial. Yeah, it be a trial, okay. What else do you think of? Something tragic. We lost our puppy, and it's funny how even that in itself, it's a dog, I get it. Uh, humans are much more valuable than an animal, but God gives us these little joys in our life, and when you endure a loss of a joy in your life, uh, something that really makes you happy, that gives you pleasure, <laughs> It's, it's a loss, and it's a trial. It's a pain, and you can't help it. You feel pain. So um, I don't think that we always have to think of a trial as a huge life-changing event or even a death of a loved one, death of a friend. It can be a small trial in the middle of the day, a hard thing that we have to, we have to cope with. Good. Anybody else? But you, Eric? Well, you brought up a sore subject because the just the, the puppy. I was on my way home the other night. Oh, I'm sorry. I was on my way home, and where was I? Oh, I was coming home from a wanna training, which I thought was awesome. So I was on my way home. I come home, driving my truck past the house, past the corral where the cattle are, and I see the dogs to the left of me. And I'm like, okay, they're good. They're behind me. But I see, and I go past my house, and I turn right, and I go up into a carport. Well, I see my other dog, Ellie, run up ahead. So I'm like, you know what? I know Gunner was behind me, but Ellie's right there. Gunner's got to be around here somewhere. So I slowed down, and right when I slowed down, all of a sudden I felt boom, boom, boom. 
well, one tire left rear. And I got out, I stopped my vehicle, I got out, and I just lost it. Because I, the, the only, I guess the one good thing was he died instantly. Um, I know that's horrible to say, but I, I was like, if I had to, because I, I saw him, he died like that, and I'm like, oh my word, if I have to put him out of his misery, I'm just going to be devastated. So it was a tough night, and it was a tough week. So, and of course, it always happens to the dogs that you really love. I mean, we have other dogs that are less desirable, but, <laughs> never, you know, never, those, all, those always live. So, sorry, that was probably not a good example. Sorry. Um, but on another note, as far as trials, um, you know, I, I was thinking about this a little bit when, uh, with Christine. When we were younger, I mean, I... I think we handle them a little differently now that we're more mature but when I was younger one of the biggest trials that um I think we had gone through is I was working had started my own business and uh almost got killed by a cow and then I was out of commission for four months raked up a hospital bill and had no income and we just moved the week of up here, back up here, because we had gone down and we were moving back up. And I thought, Lord, I don't know how this is going to work. We have family. We moved our family. We have no more income. We didn't have a big bank account because I just purchased a big a truck for business. I just borrowed a ton of money to start the business. And here I'm out, and I'm going to be out for the next five months. And uh, But you know what? Um, God sent little bits of, uh, encouragement. First, it was the man that I borrowed money from. He came and visited me in the hospital and he said, Hey, don't worry about paying me when you get back on your feet and you get your bills caught up, then worry about it. And so I was like, okay, Lord, you've got this. And, you know, we went through a difficult time, but God showed up in every instance. And that was, you know, I probably didn't, you know, I was a little worried, of course, because we have kids in school, all this good stuff, but God provided. I have other instances, but I'll wait. <laughs> but you, Christine? Lopes? Lopes? Lopish? Repeat the question. <laughs> <laughs> different types of trials. There's different types of trials that James is, is, is he's purposely being um, not specific he's being general but what kind of trials do we face that we might not think of right away um well one of the trials that that i've gone through that you wouldn't think oh that's a hard trial is is actually um has to do with friendship and we had gone through a time and this has been this has been uh, 10 or 15 years ago right and we went um i had i had lots of friends but nobody I felt like that was like a really good friend that was supportive as far as spiritually and that would challenge me and that would be somebody who would, um, you know, keep me accountable, that sort of thing. I had friends, I hung out and did stuff, but, you know, I thought I'm going to pray for some friendships. And I thought, you know, this is a, you know, at, at one point I thought this is kind of stupid because I have friends. Then it's like, 
oh, this is a good thing, though. And so I was going to pray and ask the Lord about that. But it was a two-year period of time before really anything was different. And so it was one of those trials that I thought, Lord, I'm praying for something that's good. I want a friendship that's going to be encouraging and accountable. And, and so I'm wanting that, and it's not happening yet. And so it's kind of like, why is this not happening? I'm praying for this good thing. And so two years of consistent prayer, praying, and it, you know, the Lord w- was teaching me through that, um, y- I need to be your friend first and not look to other people. So you know, that's one of the trials I look on and look back and go, you know, the Lord was teaching me you know, big things then. And I'd say add to it, I think trials come through personal relationships in the sense of quarreling and arguing and hostility. When I was a young believer, I had that with a family member. Uh, it was, it was, it was constant battle. Um, they did not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, very opposite. And it was every time it was, it was difficult, you know, and I, I didn't handle it quite frankly. Well, we'll talk about handling trials well, but I didn't handle it well, but I still learned through it though, things not to do, but that's, that can be a trial quarrels, arguing with family members. That's difficult illnesses, um, yeah. What else about trials? Um, I, also, also, I would say nature of trials. Sometimes you get, you get pulled into a trial. Both of you ladies have been pulled into a trial because of your husband's health, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Eric got, when he got kicked by the cow, that yeah. was. Yes. Uh, yeah, our trial was. Uh, we hadn't been married too long, and the kids were three and a half and one and a half, and Michael decides to get on a motorcycle and run it into a concrete wall. Okay, that was not the plan. The plan, <laughs> I don't know what the plan was, I can't remember that day, but that evil, was not the plan. Evil Knievel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I have two very young kids and um, a husband who I don't know if he's going to make it through the night. Mm or through the next several days and had, you know, hospital stay and uh, some weeks of recovery. I mean, he made it, but, um, but yeah, that was, that, that was definitely a trial. <laughs> In the length of trials, how, I mean, trials can, speak of the length of trials that you've gone through. Mm. Just like yeah. the process of, of going through. Yeah, I mean, I mean, how long? When you think of trials, I mean, he doesn't put a time date oh, on Oh, yeah, no. no. No, you're right. And I don't think you can put a time limit on a trial. I don't think that there's a, okay, for five of the days you need to respond in this way, um, and then you need to respond in this way. There's really not a step plan. It's just do this. The trials will come. So when they come, do this. Some people have lifelong illnesses that will be a trial for their entire life. Sometimes people have a... Um, a child that's um, special needs. They realize when they give birth to that child, they are going to have a trial for the entire life of that child. So do they just say, I don't have what I need. I can't do this. I cannot do this. I can't endure this trial. No, they have to go to the scripture, what we're going to be covering, and say, no, I can do this. God has allowed this trial to happen. So if I believe in the sovereignty of God, and a great purpose in God, and a perfect plan in God, then I know that he'll give me every single thing I need 
even on the worst of the worst days, he'll give me everything I need to endure that trial. So you should never be afraid, because sometimes I think when we have conversations like this, you can almost be like, okay, Lord, are you preparing me for something big? Oh my gosh, you're talking to me today. I knew it. I knew something was going to happen. Um, okay, we don't have to look with dread to these things. The reality is, is trials will come. They will come. That's life. We live in a broken world. So we do this, we prepare ourselves so that when we're in kind of the level playing field or we're in the time when the ocean's pretty calm, we feed into our, our spiritual maturity, we grow, we read, we prepare, and then when it hits, the wave hits, we're ready. And, and, I, think, and I think the way that you face the trial is huge. It's, it's the attitude in which you hit that trial with. The, obviously, you're going to have some trials that are very small, just minimal, and you're going to have some that are great big trials like Michael, you know, testing his head on the fence. On the wall. And, the wall. And, but um, I think the key thing is when you face that trial, no matter how big, how great, or how little it is, I think what you need to do is you need to say, God, I understand that you are God and that you are in control. And I cannot do it on my own. And one of the things that I did recently, I had a big trial. And for me, it was kind of devastating because I had a lot of time involved in something and it, did, it just fell apart in a matter of minutes. And I remember I was sitting at my table and I just said, Lord, you know what? You say, in everything, give thanks. So I bowed my head in that moment that I got that news, and I just said, thank you, Lord, for this trial. I didn't say trial, but I said, thank you, Lord, for this person quitting. I go, I trust that you're going to provide someone. I said, Lord, you know I need that person now, so I'm waiting on you because I can't figure it out on my own. And I can tell you God provided somebody within 22 hours. Some of them know the story because I yeah. shared it. Oh, you did? Weeks, oh. So anyway, that's just one example. But I think when, if you recognize that you're in a trial, guess what? You've got God on your side. And, and it's, it matters what you're going to do now. Are you going to thank him for that? Or are you going to co complain and grumble and gripe and be the poor me's? You know, I choose to do the other because, and that's maturity. I didn't do that early on, but as I've matured, I thought, you know what? All my efforts can be in vain, but you know what? God knew this was going to happen. He allowed it to happen. What am I going to do now? How is he going to work through me, through this trial, to make me a better believer, a better father, a better employer, uh, and a better husband? You know, the, the nature of trials is that you either lose something or there's something that you've not gained. Um, so there's something at loss usually. What are some things that you've gone through trials that you've lost? Like for me, I, I can't, I'll never regain the sight of my left eye. I mean, it's not blind, but it's real fuzzy, you know. I'll never gain, my, my left hip will never be good. It'll always be bad until the day Lord Jesus Christ can return. So I've lost mobility. I've lost, you know, physical abilities. Some people lose, some people lose all their finances through trials. Mm -hmm. what, are, what are some of the things that are typical to lose through trials or not typical? 
that you've lost? Um, I would say health change, like you. When you go through one trial, um, in my case, a treatment for a trial years ago now causes a new health trial. Because now when you have certain treatments like radiation or chemo or things like that, down the road you can get new things that you get to face. So, yeah, for me it's the loss of healthy cell production, which sounds so weird. But, like, it's a loss. And you, and you can sit there and go, just like Eric said, poor me. Oh, my goodness. Now I'm so special, high-maintenance me, that I'm always going to go through this. I'm always going to have issues. Um, but that, I, d I just don't think we want to choose to live in that stinking thinking. It's, it's really depressing to live there. But it's just a reality. You're going to lose something. It's a reality, and so you have to just chalk it up to that. This is a reality. God knew. We'll deal with it. What about you? Um, I would say sometimes it can be a relationship. If the trial that you're going through is like maybe a conflict with a person and you cannot get to the point of resolution. And, and so it could be that this is a person that I need to lose out of my life. I, it's because it's not a healthy relationship or it's not a, it, it's, you know, someone's not, not going to change their mind. And so sometimes you have to decide to walk away. And that's a loss, um, and that hurts. You know what? I, I agree with that. Um, we have a family member that um, just my brother. And uh, early on when I was younger, he uh, decided he chose a different lifestyle. And, you know, I talked with my brother, talked with him about Scripture, and you know, looking back on it, I don't know maybe if that was the right thing or the wrong thing to do, but the way I looked at it was like, these are not my words. These are what God says about this. And I wanted to make sure that he understood that because in my mind, I understood that he was a believer. Um, but uh, after that conversation, there was, what, four or five years that he didn't speak to me. And that was tough. That was my brother. And then when he, and then when we did have like a family gathering, it was extremely difficult because uh, there was a tension in the air. But the one thing that we always did is, is I said, you know what? I'm gonna love you no matter what. I'm gonna I'm gonna love you, um, whether you continue in this lifestyle or not. And um, you know. He still is in that lifestyle, but he knows that I love him without a shadow of a doubt. And he knows that if there's any ever a time that he needs, he needs me, I'm there for him. It's not always about winning a battle. I think that's a good point, too, because, you know, it, it reminds you that sometimes um, there's going to be a loss in your expectations. So you could go into that like Eric did with an expectation that, okay, I'm going to present this. He's going to get it. Things are going to be great. It's going to happen the way I want it to. But guess what? It doesn't. It doesn't happen the way you want it to for whatever reason. And so you realize there's that loss of expectation, and, and you have to learn how to kind of um, go about that a different way, like Eric, like Eric was saying. Oh, yeah. I was thinking. Yeah. Of, go ahead. No, I was going to say that's a really good point because sometimes our, our most difficult things that we're – is like we have the idea of this is what we want and this is how it should be and we have to deal with sometimes like, oh, that's, 
not how God wants it. That's, right. yeah, the expectation. That's a great point. And we were always very open. Like my brother, would, he's in the Navy, and he would come around and he would bring other friends because it was just easier for him to bring other friends with him because then he didn't have to get too deep in conversation with us. So we always loved them like they were our best friends too. And we didn't treat them any different, not one bit. And uh, um, we, made, we made a lot, of good, a lot of good friends that way. And, you know, whether or not they know, they know that we're believers, but whether or not they've chosen that for themselves, we'll never know till the day we go to be with the Lord. Sometimes you're, the loss is going to be, you talk about expectations, it's going to be a job. It's going to be a position within a company. It's going to be a romantic relationship. You know, it's going to be a career path that's going to get lost because of a trial. Uh, a friend of mine loves motorbikes. He's paralyzed. That, that dream is gone. You know, so there's, there's, a, there's always a loss within a trial. I'll, always expect a loss. Always expect a, a difficulty of some sort. It always comes. And so James says, count it or consider it pure joy or all joy. It's really all joy, but pure joy, this intense joy. But he doesn't talk about the other emotions that come with trials. So as you walk through trials... How do, you, how do you go from disappointment, anger, frustration, all those, sadness, grief, sorrow, and let joy become the number one emotion? How, how, do, how do you process through that? Um, I think you have to really focus. You have to change your expectation and change your focus. Um, one of the other trials that I was thinking about that I went through a few years ago as my mom had um, all of a sudden, um, she wasn't sick. She um, was non-responsive. She had gotten um, an infection basically and was found after like, you know, 12 hours maybe she was on the ground kind of half unconscious and she had, um, she was in the hospital and long story short, she ended up having, um, she had to have a shunt put in her head um, to drain fluid and, and that sort of thing. And so during that time, she was not able to take care of herself. So for three months, my um, brother and I, we had to go down and spend time with her because she, 24-7, she had to have someone with her. And so it was taking time off. And I was looking at it like, Lord, this is exhausting because I'd come home for a couple of days and then I'd, you know, be with her for a couple of days. And I was, you know, away from the, away from the house and, you know, kids and family and you, but, you know, part of it was, but I'm getting to spend time with her and we caught this and we were able to, you know, and she got help, you know, the, the police actually, you know, had to get, get into her house and, you know, they found her on the ground. But, um, but through that, I spent a lot more time and got, you know, got to spend time with her, got to spend, you know, see with my brothers more and, and she made a really great recovery from that. And so you had to look at not all the things that I'm missing during this trial and the hardship, but what am I getting out of it and turn my focus to, okay, Lord, what am I getting? What are you trying to teach me through the trial? I think that when we sit here in a place like this and talk about trials or hardships, it's so easy, isn't it, to say this is what we need to do, this is how we need to respond, we need to give God all the glory and the praise, 
when someone just called you to tell you somebody died? I mean, does that even, like it doesn't register to us. So God created us with emotions. That's a part of who we are, okay? Unfortunately, sin is wrapped into that. So it does require taking those thoughts captive, like Christina's saying. It's like physically getting a lasso and throwing it and grabbing those emotions to try to get a grip. So I would say the initial response to a trial, depending on the level of the trial, is like, okay, all right, like, you can cry, you can scream, yell, whatever. Like, that's going to just come out as a natural response to your body, and that's okay. But then I think you've got to, like, pull it together and go, okay, God, what's my next step? How do I, how do I, what do I do from here? And then I think there are steps that you can take. Number one, what do we do when, when something usually is traumatic in our life? What's kind of our, after we freak, what do we do? Pray. Pray. Call people to pray and then also. We call God and then we call a friend, <laughs> yes. right? Like, help me. I need help now. So I think there's already this natural order that we've created in our lives that if we're walking with God, we say, God, help me. Lord, help me. If you've watched any show, read any book, any real telling of a traumatic situation, you'll hear testimonies from people that people cry out to God in those moments. Even people that have never called out to him before. All of a sudden, when faced with a really traumatic or scary trial, they call out to God. So I think that's the thing. Call out to God, then call out to friends that you know can be the one to kind of physically carry you. Anything to add? I was just sitting here thinking, like, okay, we've gone through trials. Just wondering. Yeah, we already asked that, but thinking about their trials. <laughs> college, any trials in college? Probably a lot. A lot of trials. <laughs> that is difficult for me also. Christine's great at it. Not always. Peer pressure. Procrastinating. Procrastinating, yes. That, that can add layers of trial, especially when you're faced with something that's due that day or have a project you have to get done. I think a good question for you to ask yourself is, do I, do I trust God enough to handle it? Do you, do you trust him to take care of it? If you don't, then maybe you need to search a little deeper in the scripture and, and, and maybe in your heart and ask why. And I think if we go back to what Michael read um, about finding it pure joy, Joy is not based on circumstance. So if you can um, emotionally pull yourself out of that circumstance and find your joy in, in the Lord, it, you will, it will be like the song we sang about standing on the solid rock. You will get your footing. You will find your ground in that moment because you will be able to pull out of that situation, that circumstance, and, and know that he is here, and he will give you, he will replace the joy that maybe feels like it's lost at that moment. I think also recalling, recalling the work of the Lord in your life, his, his, mm -hmm. his faithfulness, his steadiness, and what that produced. When I went through the motorcycle accident, honestly, it, 
if I'm going to just be so transparent, I mean, before it, not really before, my attitude was I kind of like John Wayne, kind of like Clint Eastwood, kind of like The Rock, you know. I'm kicking the door down and over every situation in my life, and I have all the answers. Biblically speaking, I have all the answers for it. And honestly, I, at some point, I, I couldn't even... I just oh, At some point, I could just simply get out of bed, walk to my recliner, sleep for four hours, get up, go back to my bed, sleep for four hours, and that was my routine. I couldn't do anything else in life. I was just physically a mess. I could not walk through the door. And before that, I'd gone through six months of a deep depression. I'd never gone through a depression before. Uh, and I read scripture, and I memorized there was nothing. And I, the Lord taught me through all that, Michael, you don't have all the answers. It's not so black and white as you think it is. And what it developed in me was compassion, was sympathy. Oh, okay. You don't want a pastor who's, who's unkind, who says when you're in the hospital bed, suck it up. Get up, let's go. <laughs> don't be a baby. <laughs> You know, and then when I went through my last my last surgery, it, it didn't turn out well at all. It's, I mean, it turned out well now, but it didn't turn out well at the beginning. And I remember I asked the Lord six times, I think it was, Lord, take my life. I'm done. This is hard. The last time I asked him, he said, I, I didn't hear a voice, but I felt impression. He said, don't ask me that again. I'll, I'll take your life when I'm ready. It scared me. Uh, I remember exactly where I was at. I said, okay. Okay, Dad. <laughs> it was. Okay, Dad. We're done. I'm done. <laughs> kind of like when Moses kept asking, and Lord said, stop asking me. I said, okay. And what I learned from that was I had a greater appreciation for those who go through life-changing trials. That just aren't four months with, right. with my motorcycle right. accident, right. but it, was, it altered everything in my life for a period of time. I was like, oh, Lord, this is what it's like to take medication that alter my thinking because I was taking pain medications that I had just to get by. It's like, oh. Now I understand, Lord. Thank you once again. So to recall what he's done allows you to go through the trial and say, you're going to do something. I don't like this right now, but you're going to do something because I've seen your, tr your track record. So I think that allows that joy to overcome yeah. the other emotions with that, it. That's I think one of the things I just thought of is one of the trials I was going through, and it, it was not as significant like a motorcycle accident, but um, it was just a frustration of, you know, think something that I had been praying for and it was not happening and not happening. And I thought, you know, Lord, you know, what's going on? And it was just a struggle. And I thought, okay, this is the God of the universe. He created everything. I think he can handle this stressful situation for me. It's like, this is what he's done. This is who he is. He is, you know, almighty and all powerful. And he has this under control. It might not be progressing the time frame that I wanted, but I know that he, I mean, he created everything. I think he can handle my little bitty problem. Yeah. So, and just kind of remembering that and just the, you know, the magnitude of who he is and the, um, you know, what he can do. Snakes. Snakes are a trial for me. <laughs> and I mean, I'm terrified of snakes. If you bring a snake in here, I will die. Thank you, Claudia. You got it? Oh, yeah. Please. If you're, a, if you're a jokester, do not hear that will be a funny joke. My wife will be a widow. Or a widow, <laughs> widow, have a widow. Attack. I will have a heart really attack. Will. But, but I've had to go up to, the, I've had to go, in the summertime, I've had to go up to Rock, Rocky Hill, Merton Drive, where there are rattlesnakes, and literally, I am terrified. But I never saw a snake, though. I said, Lord, 
You got me through it. I, I know it's a small thing, but that trial, like, oh, okay, I'm back in my car, no snakes, thank you. So those are the things. What, to, to land the plane tonight about, about trials, James says it's the testing of your faith. Not testing if it's real, but it's a refinement of your faith. It's a refinement. Just kind of like in Proverbs 27, 21, it says, the crucible is for silver, the furnace for gold, and for man, it's the praise. Those things, those things help us mature up, become more like Christ. So what are some of the trials you've gone through? How has it benefited you? How has the Lord used it in your life? I think for me, I think, I don't know if it's a man thing or not, but it's always like, all right, I'll pray and then I'm going to fix it, right? Um, yep. I'll take care of it. Is that a man thing? That's a man thing, I think. It's a human thing. And early on, I would be like that, right? I'd be like, okay, I prayed. Now, what am I going to do? God helps those who help themselves, right? That's not in the Bible, by the way. But so I would get in the way. And I think, I think on the big ones, that the big trials, there was absolutely nothing I could do. So I was just like, all right, it's all yours. And when, when you release it all, then you just gave God permission to do the work. And all right, sit back and watch them work. That's what I've learned. And honestly, like what Michael said, a trial comes, I used to be poor me, this is going to stink, but how much are, does the Bible say we're like sheep? Sheep are stupid animals, they're dumb, they forget things, and, uh, but what Michael was saying was, remember how God was faithful to you even in the very little things, and remember those things, and think back of those things, and say, you know what, he was faithful then. He is never changing. He is never moving. If we feel like God is far from us, guess what? It's not he's far from us or far from him. So as long as we get that bearing straight in our head and let him do it, that's for me, I've been getting better at that. I'm still not great at it, but I'm still, I'm getting better. Christine? Ask the question one more time. Because I don't want to answer it wrong. Like, how did, did you I answer, answer it wrong? No, it was awesome. No, you answered it no, right. I was oh. just kind so, of so listening ju- to you and ju- just from so, for one or from some of the trials you've been through. What are what are some of the gains? We talked about losses, gains. but Thank we have you. gains. I knew there was a word that you had said. Okay, something you gained. Um, I think it has um, from a child that used to have anxiety and terrible, terrible fears. I have noticed as I've matured and walked with the Lord and been faced with some of the things that I feared the most when I was young, um, and to see that I can get through those with the Lord, it has created this resilience in me that is not my power, it's God's power in me, and so it's made me be able to stand stronger in the f- when I'm faced with the enemy's attacks against me. And what we've experienced over this last couple of months has been one of the hardest personal hurts that I've gone through. Because you've watched me stand next to a dear friend for a long time. So, so many of us are grieving something that we didn't expect. 
to happen, right? But when you grow through many, many trials with the Lord, you're able to face these things that come and know somehow, some way, God's going to make something beautiful out of this. Whatever this trial is, God is such a beautiful, amazing Father that He is going to create something beautiful out of this. And I think that's one of the benefits of walking with Him. The longer you walk with Him, the more you trust Him, the more you get to see those beautiful things start showing up. So um, that's just a little side note of a little word of encouragement to all of you guys for kind of what we've all been experiencing on different levels. Um, that we're just going to keep on trusting, aren't we? We're going to keep on trusting God through the trial. Um, so the first thing that came to my mind was back to the back to the motorcycle accident. Um, I think walking as a believer and going through trials and trusting in the Lord and and kind of being prepared. And I I remember I can still picture standing out there. You are bleeding. And I had the verse that came to mind was, um, you know, talks the verse that talks about the peace that passes understanding. And I had no idea if you were going to survive the night, but I knew whatever happened, I was going to be okay. Um, because I had been through other trials and I had seen the Lord through it. And I just, it, it was, it was so interesting to me, just the confidence that, that I had, even if something were to happen to you that that the Lord would take care of me because he had in other times. And it was, it was just so interesting. And I was so thankful that that was what came to mind. And it, and it surprised me. I was like, whoa, I understand this verse in a completely different way now. Um, but it's because I knew that, you know, God had seen me through and I, and I'd seen his work in other people's lives too. And I think that's the, the benefit too of, of being older and, you know, and maturing through it is you get to see so many testimonies of what the Lord has done in your life and in other people's life. And so it's solid rock to stand on. So trials, trials are a blessing in disguise. That's how we got to begin to see it. They are how God works in our lives to refine us. As we hold on to him through whatever we go, we hold on to his word Hold on to his ways. He's going to do amazing things through you. It's part of how Paul will say, you know what? We're being changed in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. One degree of glory to another. And God uses trials to do that. They are, think of them as a Christmas gift. It's hard to think about it that way, but they are a Christmas gift. Let me read it one more time. James chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations, greetings, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of any kind, consider it nothing but joy, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its full effect, so that you, be, you may be mature and complete." lacking in nothing. Consider that as the praise team comes up and leads us in some songs of praise.